This is Jed Bangers Ball with your host, Jed Mayhew. Uh, our special guest today, Shannon Lay uh, of Shannon Lay, solo artist and guitar player member of rock band Feels. I don't really remember where I met her. I, I, I think the first time I said hi to her was at a, at a pho place um, in, uh, what do they call it? Like Chinatown in, in L.A., um, there's this one pho place. I can't remember. It's like pho 87. I think it's the one that I always go to. Um, and, uh, I haven't been there in a while because now I can never carry fucking cash and they're cash only. And the last time I was in there, uh, I didn't have any money, but they just gave me the food for free and just said, you know, come back later. So I got to go back there and just pay them. And, uh, you know, how it is, it's like fucking driving to a restaurant to pay somebody that you didn't eat at for months and, you're not you owe the money it's like yeah you, you got it i wish i could just paypal them or venmo but they don't take that so i gotta literally drive over there and pay these guys uh but they rule and the food's good and uh i owe it to them because i because they fucking hooked me up and they did that once before and i did go back and pay them and now it's just like you know it's the second time i gotta do that anyways let's see what the fuck's going on uh zigzag just did a bunch of runs weekend runs we did uh we went up to San Francisco, Santa Cruz. Uh, we went down to Tijuana. We went to Mexicali. We went to Phoenix. We went to Tucson. Uh, we were just hitting every weekend. And then we came back and we played the Zebulon uh, one-year anniversary party in L.A. And that was killer. Um, and we crushed. And uh, the show was rad. And there was a ton of people there. And, and it was super fun. Uh, so we had a blast doing that. Um, just fucking writing and trying to finish writing this record before we can go in and record, you know? And it's sort of like, do we go in and record before we hit the road again? Or do we like get these songs fucking tight and then go out on the road, play them live to a bunch of people, pick them apart and then come back here and go like directly in the studio and some stuff got moved around. And so some shit got bumped and yada, yada, yada. And so now we're doing it in a different order and maybe a different time, but that just happens, you know? But what we have coming up, I'm just going to plug these shows so that I can get that out of the way and we can get into the interview with Shannon. June 2nd, we're going to be in Joshua Tree for Desert and Denim, which is like a, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a craft fair, you know. Um, and then uh, July 15th, that's with Hal and Rain uh, as well, our, our homies. Uh, we, we did that fucking tape with Feral Ohms, which is Ethan from Hal and Rain's other band. Um, it was a split tape uh, live show we did in Long Beach and we pressed... I think it was a hundred of them cassettes, but they, we sold them out immediately. I don't think there's any left. Um, so we're playing with them, Holland Rain, in J- June 2nd in Joshua Tree, and it's free. Um, July 15th, we're going to be here in L.A. at the Griffin with the band Pushy from uh, Portland, Oregon, who we did um, we did one of those uh, comps on Who Can You Trust Records out of Germany. It's like a four-band comp seven inch gone as well um but they're on that uh with us and charman and uh i think hydro medusa is the name of the other band i can't remember exactly um and then uh so after that show that's when we roll out to houston to play bad reputation and that's with l7 spitz zeke and unsane and um god i should i could do a fucking whole podcast about like zeke shows and spitz shows and growing up in seattle and one of the I played with Zeke when I was like 16 years old, you know, my band at the time, and and I always fucking loved those guys. Um, 
and but we're going to be touring out to texas so we'll be like playing like in arizona and we'll be playing maybe new mexico i don't know um new orleans uh san antonio austin el paso you know what have you it's, it's going to be like a you know like a eight shows or something like that uh but that'll be updated and then we got added to the crucial fest in salt lake city and that's at the end of september that's the 20 september 29th and that's with um fucking neurosis who i also saw when i was like i didn't play with them i just saw them um when i was like 16 years old i saw them in seattle i think it was like i want to say 96 um and that was they fucking crushed and i'm excited it's like uh neurosis pig destroyer chelsea chelsea wolf russian circles bunch earthless who we've played with uh and that's going to be crazy to go back to salt lake city too because we have not been back in a long time and that's uh when the fucking uh band broke up the first time um so yeah and that that's a whole other story too i can go into that fucking thing i, I need to do like a episode of just like kind of recapping the uh i don't know people don't want me to talk about some of this shit but you know whatever that's how it goes anyways uh speaking of not talking about this shit anymore let's talk to shannon Blade. Uh, that's on there. Is are they here? Uh no, one's in uh one's in uh uh Houston. Okay. With uh, <laughs> Zeke. Oh and, nice. And the Spitz. Cool. L seven and Weed Eater. And then this other one is uh <laughs> where's this other one? This other one is in Salt Lake City and it's like neurosis pig destroyer holy hell that's gonna be fun (laughs) i I told i was like i I said to uh sean the bass player i was like uh oh yeah we're playing with uh neurosis and uh pig destroyer in uh salt lake city he's like okay i'll tell uh i'll tell my wife (laughs) i'll tell the folks she loves those guys (laughs) Where, where are you coming from um, I actually just bought a rug. You bought a rug? Where? Yeah. Um, there's this app called OfferUp mm-hmm. that I found. Yeah, I've it's heard of that. amazing. What is it? It's like Craigslist? It's kind of like Craigslist, but with pictures. Oh, wow. And you can search your area. So like, you know, I'm going to go on tour next week. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll look at what's in Oregon and Washington and oh. see if there's any goodies up there, you know? Because you, you get good deals on this. You nice. got the rug in Oregon? No, I got it oh, here. here, here. But okay. I was just thinking like for when I'm traveling, like, oh, I could... I could look some stuff up. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I always look at Craigslist, like, uh, when we're on tour, because I want to, like, see if there's, like, guitars or anything. But I've never found that I've had the actual time to, like, yeah. m- make the deal happen. Totally. That's always the problem. This is the first tour where I'm taking, I'm just taking my car. Yeah. So it's, like, I've, I've figured, like, oh, I'll, it's just me. I can do whatever I want. I wanted to ask you about that. I actually was curious. So it's, like, on, how long is this tour? This one's just 10 days, short one. Okay. Yeah. But, and it's just going to be you driving yourself every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking my friend Sarah with me. Okay. She's in a band called Gym Shorts. Okay, cool. They're really rad. Um, but yeah, I, I figured I shouldn't do too much driving alone. Get a little freaky. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the thing we were just talking about. You know, I had Mary Lattimore on a couple weeks ago and uh, she just, it's just her and her harp and she just drives herself you know on tour and i think it's i mean i always i had this like fantasy uh years ago that i would become like a truck driver and out with an acoustic guitar 
and then I would just book the gigs around the where I had to drop stuff off, you oh know, as God. a truck driver. Yeah, I feel like it's probably impossible to coordinate that. It seems really <laughs> stressful, you know. You probably be very stressed. You probably be very tired all the time. Probably super tired, <laughs> and then also just like fuck, I gotta unload this like this tuna or whatever. <laughs> And then I got all the tuna plant shows. Yeah, and, and then I got to get to the, the the Palos Verdes Lounge in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so it's just going to be you two. That's cool though, because okay, so like, how long are the drives between the shows on this one? You know, it's it's West Coast style, so yeah, they're like so it's pretty long. Yeah, like six to ten right. hours. So that's you need another person, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, ideal scenario is always that I can like jump in the van of whoever I'm touring with. Right. But for this one, there was a couple days off. So I was like, oh, I'll try and like fill it in and just do my own thing. But I'm so glad Sarah can come. She's good company. Who are you touring with? Uh, Ezra Furman. Okay, cool. And that's from uh, Vampire Weekend? No. Oh, I don't think so. No, what is that? Possibly. Okay, no, 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 I'm wrong. I'm wrong. (laughs) I'm thinking of what I thought that was the name of a, a Vampire Weekend person. Oh, it's possible. <laughs> why, why do neither of us know this? I don't one? know. Let me look this person up. We're right out there. of the loop. We've been I, we've been on the only road because too I long. don't know. Yeah, I, I, what is that? Ezra Furman? No, that's not a that's not a Vampire Weekend person. Okay. Born nineteen eighty six though. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> um, so it's just gonna be you two though. Yeah. That's cool though because like I I, I think the idea of like if you're not. The, it's almost like you're you're by yourself, but in the sense of like it's a lot less to fucking uh, deal with as far as uh, coordinating. Yeah, and for waiting, sure. Waiting on people. It's amazing. I mean, it's it's great because yeah, I'll get offered like a festival in Ohio or something, and I'll just be able to fly out there and do it real quick. And yeah, out. it's it's great. Yeah, I love it. And you went on tour when you were in Europe. You were by yourself too, right? Yeah, I had a tour manager with me. Did but, you know the person beforehand? Yeah. He, okay. He tour managed for Fields. His name's Boss. He okay. Rules. Cool. All right. Good. But because um, that would be really weird, though. Oh my god, I would, I would, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I didn't even think about that. Touring by yourself is awesome, and touring with a friend is awesome. But touring by yourself with a tour manager that you don't know Awkward. could be crazy. It could be a, a weird scene. Yeah, it takes a certain type of person to tour manage. That's yeah. one of the hardest jobs, in my opinion. We've been really lucky with our tour managers in Europe, and I mean, they've both been totally different. Like we had a German guy that was really laid back and a France French guy that was really uptight. Whoa. So we thought it was gonna be like the the, the opposite of that. Totally, yeah. You know? Wow. Um but in a good way. I mean like, you know, both like super like pro or whatever. Right. But the, just the idea of having to be with somebody that long that you don't know in a car could be really crazy. Right. Yeah. But they there's such this crucial tool in that environment. Yeah. Because I know you can do it by yourself, but I might I might try and do it with like feels or something, but I don't think I'd ever do it alone. What do you mean do with feels? Like like like, uh, like try and navigate Europe on our own. Oh yeah, we we talked about that too. Just as far as like the whole like saving money thing, right? But yeah. then as soon as like uh, the tour manager uh, crashed the van twice and was like, ah, oh, I have to fucking pay for this. I was like, oh, better you than me, you know? Like, <laughs> that's true. That's it's true. Super stressful, like. <laughs> Driving like a, a but what do you what do you what are you touring in when you go to Europe by yourself? What do you guys take? We ended up getting a van because I guess it was more cost effective yeah. with the mileage. But mm-hmm. 
it was it was chill. It was like three seats in the front, and there's yeah. like a covered back. Yeah. So you could. It, it wasn't sketchy to leave the stuff in there or anything. This is just you solo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did you sit in the back seat or did you sit in the front? It was just the the bench in the front. So oh, it, we so were just the cozy guy. the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Where's he from? He's from Holland. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 And he tour manages a bunch of LA bands. That's how we met him. I think through Froth we met him. Okay. Yeah. Cool. He rules. And that was just, that was like, when was that? When was the European tour? Uh, I got back like a month ago. Yeah. And, and I was, how long were you there for? I was there like three and a half weeks. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and it went good. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. And were you, were you nervous about that? I was. I was nervous for you. I saw it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, does anyone fucking know who she is over there? Like, Dude, me too. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm just being honest. No, me too. I totally understand. I, I was really surprised that anyone was at the shows. Yeah. But I think over there people are really willing to give something a shot sure and you could feel it in their like eagerness to give you a chance yeah and, like it was great a lot of the shows were seated you know I, the, all the venues are very appropriate that's good i mean that that means that whoever well whoever booked it would like yeah. at least knew yeah what they were doing dude yeah just good nikita rules he's yeah. with uh paper and iron okay awesome he's fantastic um we're giving lots of love to the european uh <laughs> if, if anyone's is anyone's like listening that's in a band that's toured europe versus the states they kind of understand the yeah you know like the, the there's different level it's like it's good it's bad i was telling someone the other day it's like i like touring in the states because i like driving ourselves and i like knowing where i'm going and knowing how yes. long it's going to get there and just you know uh but i also like touring in europe going there and knowing that like there's going to be a sound check there's going to be some probably some food there there's probably going to be a place to like chill you know totally the people are going to probably be at the club you're not going to just be sitting in the van yeah and then some like super hungover dude's going to come and like unlock the door or whatever and then <laughs> you know what i mean like, show comfort is massively elevated yeah. even if you're nobody yeah. they're going to treat you so good were you playing like were you were you playing with other bands over there did you have opening bands a couple times but most of the time it was just me right which was so trippy yeah but the the few artists that i did play with were really amazing i know in london i played with this awesome guy i can't remember his name i feel so bad but um yeah the it was always fun to see them yeah like who they, they'd pair me up with it was cool yeah it's kind of cool it's like we had a similar experience too where it's like uh I kind of like the shows where it was just us because we would get there, we would sound check, we would just leave the gear up there, and then we didn't have to do anything. Yeah. And then, then when we were done, we didn't have to do anything either until we were loading out. You right. Know? So it wasn't like you had to like, oh, now it's time to bring the gear on the stage, and then when you're done, it's like you have to take it right off, which is always right. Like, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's such a luxury. It's great. Yeah. I I love that about opening sometimes. How you, yeah. Your your stuff's just there because like I, there's almost an adrenaline in setting up where you're just like, does everything work? I go, I gotta get all my stuff. Totally. I mean, I'm really, I really, I'm always super stoked now when we're opening because a lot of times we're playing last these days, and it's like trying to stay sober enough for four <laughs> hours to play and i'm not smoking anymore either so oh i'm just like God. fuck what am i doing you oh. know and i'm just like i go sit in the van by myself or like i don't want to look play at my some solitaire yeah, yeah what the fuck? My... um that's cool where did where did so anyways that's uh that's the that's the uh background of your your, your, your current uh your current situation where how the, where's the did you get the rug i got the rug oh nice yeah it's pretty sweet 
Did you, you is it for your your house or Yeah. yeah okay. I just moved uh I just moved to Frogtown. Okay. And it's more space than I've ever had. So um me and my, my boyfriend were kind of trying to fill in the blanks. Right. I was really wanting a nice rug and they're so expensive. They're crazy. I know, and they're worth it. I mean it's like an investment, but I found one on that app for yeah. forty bucks and I was like, that's what I'm talking about. I'll tell yeah. you a place off air later. Oh, okay. Because uh yes. I don't want people to know about it. Yes. But it's kinda of like a cool place <laughs> that like if you have time, especially if you're like a musician and you have days that are free or whatever and you just can go to this place like every day and find stuff. It's kinda of, it's kinda of Ooh, cool. I love a secret. So where did where did you grow up then? I grew up in Redondo Beach, California. Okay. Yeah. Right. By the pier there. Yeah, right by the pier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and what what were what were your folks doing? Um uh, my mom was always like some kind of secretary type thing. Mm-hmm. Um never really knew my dad, but I have an amazing stepdad. Classic uh crazy future family where him and my mom got divorced like a decade ago but he still is around in my life right and is remarried and is happy and stuff the stepdad the ste- my okay. stepdad yeah yeah um so yeah I, i've got like kind of a weird family my mom's from new york so most of my real family's over there but mm-hmm. i hardly i don't get to see them as much as i'd like they're almost just like friends rather than family right. i feel like but that's cool too it's yeah my my favorite part about that is like you you really get to build your own family and right. like it's that much stronger, I feel like. Why did they end up in California then? Um, I'm, well, my mom met my real dad over here. She was on a business trip. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the way that she describes it is um, they got stoned for two weeks and then I happened. So she um, she flew back to New York, realized that she was pregnant. And it was this kind of scandal because she was married over there. She was going to get married to a man named Carter. Oh. <laughs> who had lots of money. She her. was engaged in New York and then came out here. Yeah. And had an affair. Yeah, she had an affair. Oh, wow. And um, so, yeah, she she decided to come out to L.A. and her family was all mad at her. And uh, she moved to the Valley with my dad. And then he went out for a pack of cigarettes and never came back. Classic. Right. But, uh, yeah, she's been here ever since. I mean, I can't blame her. It's, I I feel like enough winners and you just don't leave Los Angeles. Yeah, know? no, I, I know. that. I, I feel like we're all the people that we're all trying to stay here now. And it's getting it's getting harder and harder to do so. But yeah. Um. So what like what year was this when your mom came out here? Uh, you know, it was like probably, well, I guess it was 1989 because okay. I, th- well, no, 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 1990 because I, I was born in September. So she okay. was, she was probably here for a little bit before wow. that. Okay. I, I don't know why I th- this, this, this story seems like it took place in the seventies. <laughs> your mom. It was- did. <laughs> it, this story happened a million times in the seventies Yeah. <laughs> and the eighties and nineties and now. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, and so what, like, what kind of like, what was your mom into music then too? Like, she sounds like she's pretty wild. She, she was all right. You know, she's, she had, she liked to have a good time, but she was like very, uh, bump the bar- Barbra Streisand while vacuuming and like okay. loved Billy Joel and stuff okay. and could play one song on the piano that she would always play. Right. But, um, for the most part, my family's not too musical. Yeah. It was kind of a weird, like I, I played soccer for the, f- like from, eight to 13 mm-hmm. and then quit uh well, i guess a little later i quit at like 15 because i was in high school and i was way too cool for that and then i had all this energy and i decided to start playing guitar right and that was yeah that was that that's how i was i was like super into baseball <sighs> and football yeah and then around like but i was also really into like metallica 
but then like around junior high that like i started to be like oh there's like too many rules in this like football stuff yeah. and like and, the, and i lived in this small town in eastern washington and they wanted us to like pray and stuff before the football games oh, and i was starting to be like super <laughs> weird about that you know yeah and, i can't be having that and then they were like if you get caught smoking you're off the team and then i was it started it's like kind of you know this like dazed and confused don't thing. cage me man yeah like i just <laughs> it just got more and more like this is i wish i would have stuck with it a, a little bit more just because i like playing sports but yeah then i started i started playing guitar around that time too and then i was just like i'm gonna start a band like fuck this stuff. Yeah. Like it. yeah it's a very cool alternative yeah it's a funny transition <laughs> so were you were you playing with people in redondo then when you were a kid not so much no, no i i moved out to la when i as soon as i graduated right yeah. when i was 17 I, I split and i almost went to chicago and san francisco and i ended up just moving like 20 miles North. Right. <laughs> I did the same thing. I was in Eastern Washington, and as soon as I graduated, I went to Seattle. Like, there you go. The next day. Yeah. Like, I was just like, get me out of here. Yeah. You, know, like, you might as well. It's very realistic and tangible, and yeah. you're not totally out of your element. I totally so. had that, like, oh, maybe I'll go to New York or like, yeah. know, or, or LA. It, but then I was just like, no, I'm going to just drive somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> drive three hours. Just go three hours. Yeah, it's yeah. great. <laughs> totally. But yeah, I, I uh, moved out here when I was 17, and I was working at a weed store right by the Staples Center. And uh, I wait. Wanted, what year was this? This was 2007, 2008. Okay, I can't, you're so uh, you're, oh, so much, you're so much younger than so I'm like trying to do the math. I was like, there's weed stores in 1997. No, 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 no. <laughs> this was yeah. This was kind of early on in yeah. the, the weed game in general. But, right. But it, this I, was like a medical marijuana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So right. like you know, eighty dollar eighths. And right. The the owner was such a fucking dickhead. He like no, he didn't smoke weed. He thought we were like getting fucked up when we were getting stoned. You he know. He didn't smoke weed. He didn't smoke weed. He he was this Korean guy and he like inherited the business. Right. It was like okay, oh, I'm weird. gonna make money off of these fucking drug addicts. Idiots, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was great. It was a a very cool experience and. I've never seen such a variety of people come into a place. Before. Yeah, I would imagine. It so. was amazing. Like, yeah, every kind of person. I would think so. And like, so, but how did it work? As far as they had, they just came in with a prescription or something, and you would fill it. And you, yeah, you were like a, a pharmacist. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't have to have any <laughs> training or anything. Or <laughs> nope, nope, no license. Nope, just uh, took a rip and clocked in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did anyone on the premises have to like pass any tests or anything like that? It was very retail like, you know, it was just like yeah. the he'd occasionally give us like the types to try, but right. you know, we would just like Where was he getting his weed from? Who knows, man. So he had inherited it the yeah. business, so then he probably already had the, like the yeah. inherited his contacts as well. Totally. Right. Totally. And people would just come in with trash bags full of weed and just be like what do you like? Like, right. And we would smell it and be like, uh, that one. <laughs> like, okay, that's lemon haze. Okay. <laughs> I, I find it very interesting that like, you know, these guys are like going to college to be a pharmacist, you know? Yeah. And then they have to like, you know, know all these things and combinations or whatever. And then weed is so like, even at this point was still pretty like heavily like, yeah. Against the law. Yeah. There was maybe not in California. Yeah. There were some stationary vans that just kind of hung out for months at a time. Yeah. There was times where back us. then where people were like, people were getting raided and stuff, Definitely, you know, yeah. for shit like that when they were still trying to figure out what the, what the law would be. Yeah. But I just like that. It's just like, you guys could just, it could be anyone and you guys could just like sell it to them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. 
it was great. I think it there definitely had to be like doctors were harder to find back then and the cards were a little more expensive. But right. if anything's changed, it everything's just gotten much easier and cheaper and better regulated because you know people would spray weed with like hairspray to make it shiny or like spray it with like orange scent so you know it's like it's so sketchy yeah (laughs) what about now now is chill (laughs) now (laughs) now because i mean you can really tell like for me as i get older weed uh i can get too high Uh so like i'll i like finding a strain that that suits me Mm because sometimes i'll smoke and it'll uh be the opposite of what I want. I'll get like anxious and I, I won't feel good. And then sometimes it's like exactly what I need and it's, uh-huh. it's beautiful. But, um, I know that one shop in particular in Eagle rock, uh, they go through this rigorous process with their growers where they like have to test it. And then like the grow has to be like this many generations in or something, you know, it's like this, this really cool, uh, filtration system to make it so you're smoking that dank shit you ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like an expert on this. So. I guess so. I've been yeah. a stoner for a really long time. Okay, okay. I really like weed. See, I'm like, so, so then what about, okay, so I'm, I'm not, I, I smoke weed like, uh, right before I go to bed. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. And cause I can't just like, I can't hang out like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't hang out with people. I've definitely had to like check myself in public because I'll yeah, and more and more I co- I come out with a joint and, and people are like, oh no, thank you, no thank you. Like yeah. people aren't into it, you know. In pub- yeah, now that's in legal. public. Yeah. yeah, but I you know I I do end up like just leaving sometimes because I'm like, oh, I guess I'm gonna go. I'm like, <laughs> I can't talk to any of you. See, just see, just is like you, you know, and it's just like uh like last night we went to see Super Troopers two. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I texted her. I was like, I'm going to roll us a joint, you know? Yeah. Like, and I was like, I'll, I'll get high in that s- situation where it's like, I'm going to get high right before I go in the movie. Yeah. And then hopefully it's going to wear off by the time the movie's yes. out. And yes. I'm only going to be with her. And like, I'm not going to be like having to talk to anyone. Safe space. Yeah. Safe space for me. <laughs> and uh, we were with another buddy of ours. And like, <laughs> we were just like sitting there and they're just, they're both, we were all smoked. We all smoked weed, but like, I'm such a dork. Uh, <laughs> we smoked marijuana. We all got high. Yeah, we all got high. <laughs> and <laughs> they're like sitting there just talking about everything. Yeah. And I'm just like staring at the screen, just like <laughs> watching the <laughs> previews and just like thinking about all sorts of shit. Oh you my know? God. And they're just like, oh yeah, so anyways, and then this person did this and whatever happened to that person? I'm just like, how can you even talk about these people right now? I don't even want to like know about them. And then like Jess looks over at me and she just goes like, how are you feeling, baby? And I'm just like, pretty good. And she's like, you're hot ass fuck. And I'm just like, <laughs> shit. Like, I'm like, I know. <laughs> you have to rub it in. That's how I am though. I'm like, I'm just like, oh man, I don't, you know. I yeah. Have, my dude's the same way. See, he loves the CBD, though. Yeah, see, I like CBD that, too. Great. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. But so, like, the stuff that we... I smoked a lot of it last night because it does take me, like... A, I'm, like, 200 pounds. It takes yeah. me a little bit to get high, so I smoked a lot, but um, for me. Yeah. Um, which is, like, half a joint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um, but uh, the one... The one that we get uh, lately is the is the Northern Organics, and then they have this weed that's like the whole thing. It's like um, this is like your old school like seventies weed, like the dad weed, the dad weed. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. What do you like? 
Um, you know, I like something that I don't have to smoke too much of. Okay. So something that's strong. Something that's very strong, but also like, I don't know, I've gotten really into like sativa for daytime and indica for nighttime, but I don't know. I've been really lucky lately. I just played this festival in Santa Cruz called uh, Dio Festival and Uh I literally left with like nine joints and I've been really enjoying those. They're really, they're really good. Yeah. But yeah, I've been kind of... What does Dio stand for? um, Do It Ourselves Festival. Oh, okay. Not Dio, Dio. Not Dio, Dio. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) It's a bunch of, bunch of hippies in the woods. (laughs) It was great though. (laughs) We've just played Santa Cruz too and man, what a freak scene that town is. Oh my God. I made the mistake of, I was wearing a ween shirt. Oh, farts. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I literally had one foot out of the van when this dude just goes, Ween! And I'm just like, how does he even see what I'm wearing? And the entire time we are walking around, people were just like, Ween! Yeah! And I was oh, just like, oh my God. My God. Yeah. So wow. Just, yeah, maybe go with a simple black tee next time. <laughs> I think Ween is just like the band that really speaks to the people of Santa Cruz. Oh, definitely. You know. And Rusted Root. Yeah, well, that too. I think that's the other side of it. But it's just like, Ween is like one of those bands. Fucking the last podcast was all about Ween too. But it's like one of those, <laughs> one of those bands that fits in with the like the UC Santa Cruz banana slug like whole right. vibe or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. And with like punks too. I don't know why. Totally. But, you know, they got riffage. They're they like got some the, heavy riffage. They're like the Motorhead of like stoners or something like that. Where it's like, <laughs> where it's like the rusted root people and the people that like, like crass like wiener totally you know totally they're 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 a middle ground yeah nice middle ground me in the middle (laughs) um uh well shit i had no idea that i mean that makes sense but but like when did you start smoking weed though not till later in my life i was like probably 16 when i first tried it right and i I had a my best friend in high school his name's michael myers he's the coolest yeah he uh uh we had that classic you guys still friends yeah man i actually saw him for the first time in like a decade uh at a show a few months ago and i just like burst into tears i was like oh dude like we've had the best times together but he had like the classic scenario that every teenager needs where he had a a garage with an attached little side house Mm -hmm. and like that's where we'd go every day after school and we'd pop on some simpsons or (laughs) listen to animal collective and just like smoke some weed it's chill (laughs) (laughs) animal collective Oh my god! We were listening to. I'm trying to think. We were when we were first smoking. We were listening to like uh, Marilyn Manson. And, oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. Rage, Rage Against the Machine. There this is go. like '93 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah th- this was like 2005. But I had the same thing where it's like my buddy, my buddy's house was like really close to the school. Yeah, so it's like so close. His is close to. It was literally two blocks away. Yeah. That's the guy that the dude that smokes weed always lives really close to the school. Dude, and his parents were were they strict or were they chill? No, they were strict, but, but they were his too. Yeah. Wow, there you go. They were Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay, these, oh, yeah, these were not Jehovah's Witnesses, but they were like pretty, like pretty, like upstanding uh, members of the, the community, you right? Know, like and pretty strict about it, you know. Right, right, right. But it was like that totally <laughs> thing was just like you could walk to that house during lunch break, you know. Yes, and then everyone would just like super get super everyone would smoke weed or whatever and then go back to school for yeah the, for the i didn't do it that much i was like i said i was like i, I even then i couldn't really because everyone would just be like oh cool we're going back to school and I'd just be like oh dude i don't know man like you know i'd be like freaking out but, yeah, yeah so but i would go hang out with them though you know fuck yeah <laughs> dude I, I love that about weed I, I think it's important uh if you do end up smoking weed to have that environment where it feels like it's a good thing yeah because i think there's a big stigma around it and i don't know for me it's i i would i could 
very honestly say that it saved my life in terms of just like m- me becoming uh, more self-aware and just like more conscious of the world around me. Like it's it's a huge help for that. I think I think I agree with you, and I and I think I'm starting to like understand it more. You know, I think I was just scared of it for so long. Oh yeah, and yeah. It, and it's not for everybody by yeah. any means. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you do you use it when you're like writing music? Yes, my yeah. my favorite nights. Uh, I d- I don't. I don't really, really like edibles because they're very strong, even yeah. for me. But uh, my favorite nights are when I just get, get like a little weed chocolate and eat it and like sit alone in my house with my guitar and yeah. just diddle away. It's the best. When did you start doing like the like the kind of like finger picking stuff? You know, I learned that when I was first learning guitar because okay. I learned like Blackbird right. and um, a couple other jams. Then I remember... The first one I ever learned was the Travis picking. Which yeah, I, that's what I was going to ask yeah, you. If it was yeah. Travis style. Picking. Yeah, totally. And then from there, it, it I don't know, it just really resonated, and I loved how well it stood alone. And I never liked the singer songwriter stuff that was really like strummy and like about him not texting you back. Like I don't know, I, I feel like I really identified with like the <clears throat> the British folk scene and sure. stuff like that. That was just a little. It felt a little more deep and genuine you know like which which artist particular uh like nick drake okay. um i know she's not i think she's american but karen dalton i've mm-hmm. gotten really into lately yeah. uh vashti bunyan's sure. amazing yeah um uh, john fahey like all that stuff what about roy harper did you ever listen to that oh, stuff at all he's on my list okay because my favorite thing is people come up to me after shows and they tell me roy harper was one one recently and like these people I feel like folk, all genres are like this, but folk in particular, I feel like there's such a well that you can tap into and you're emulating these things that you've never heard before. And I think it's like this, uh, this very b- greater than thou, like community mm-hmm. that, that is like this unconscious folk scene. I don't know. It's very strange. It's interesting. I really love the idea. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a real huge fan of like country music and there's a lot of kind of country picker finger style yeah. guitar playing as well and yeah. and then also you know it's uh, what i like about a lot of that stuff is just that although the music can be really interesting and beautiful it's a lot of it's too it's about the lyrics and and it doesn't you don't and it's the same thing with like punk rock in that in that you don't have to really know more than a few chords to get like the point across or whatever Absolutely. you know yeah, yeah. But, and there's a lot to do within those limitations um I don't know where I was going with that, but <laughs> <laughs> you stoned. <laughs> I, think I'm getting, I think I'm getting high just talking to you. But uh, uh, but uh, what was I going to say? I, w- I was just thinking of the British kind of like the Roy Harper stuff. It's like there's so much uh, meaning behind the lyrics on uh, of, of his stuff. Um, and what I like more when it comes to the folk stuff, I guess, is what I was trying to say, is I like it when it's a little bit kind of. Uh, weirder than, than it is um i don't know uh like a like a pete seeger or something like that i don't totally you know i i relate more to that the, what you're saying the british sort of psychedelic folky yeah like free the freak folk is the, yeah. is the best yeah. and one of the i think honestly like one of the people that i first heard kind of doing that it, it, at least live and what where i kind of understood it was i saw like uh uh devendra when devendra bonart oh. when he was doing his first u.s touring i saw him in seattle like on the like he opened up for swans oh yeah and then uh i saw him he was playing at a church like across the street from where we lived at the time in seattle you know and so and then in a lot of those like vashti bunyan and all that stuff kind of for me like sort of came 
from that. Okay, there's Fonzie. He always makes an appearance. <laughs> Gotta make an appearance. At some point. Hey, it's Fonzie! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where did, where did you first get introduced to that kind of stuff, though? Um, I guess Bob Dylan was my first folk guy. Um, oh, man. Nick Drake was pretty early on. When I I remember when I was writing as a teenager, like I I was super inspired by the unpredictability of Bjork and mm-hmm. the way that she sang. Um, Nico was uh-huh. amazing. Uh, Velvet Underground was huge for me. Yeah, and like X, like uh, there was there was a lot of stuff that culminated to me ultimately being in loud bands when right. I left the house. Um, and then I started playing solo because I saw uh, Jessica Pratt play, and. Um, I hadn't seen a show like that in LA. Like mm-hmm. I'd, I'd mostly been in like pretty loud bands and I figured like, this is what the people want. This is what I'm going to give the people. You right. know? And then I saw that and I saw how, uh, how into it everyone was. And when was did like, you first oh, start playing shit. solo? Like three years ago. Okay. Yeah. 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 Up and yeah. Up until then I, I kind of just kept it to myself. I was like, Oh, there's not really a place for this. Like right. I'll just, this is for me, you know? Yeah. But yeah, then I saw that and booked my first show. Yeah. Yeah. Where was that at? Uh, the Jessica Pratt show. Oh, that was. Oh, that was the first show you. No, played? no, 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 oh. no. She. I saw her play at the Echo. My first show uh, was at Hyperion Tavern. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. That's that's where every uh, solo artist's first show is. Yes. Was it Don Voles presents? Yes. No, yeah. no, no. It was oh. uh, Jeff Rattiti's night. Do you oh, know okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the current Don Voles. The current Don Voles. Yeah. Yes. They have Don, the same pants. Don Voles in training. Yeah, they have the same pants. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so then, uh, now it's like, you're kind of balancing that because you, you play in feels Yes, and you guys have a record coming out or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're finalizing all the mixing and stuff right now. And who's putting it um, out? We, I don't know if we're going to announce it yet. Okay. Um, nothing's final. That's fine. But, um, it's, it's a, it's a good one. I'm stoked. We're, yeah. we're all stoked. Uh, it, it's. It's a much more polished record than the first one. It's, but it's still pretty. Where did you guys record it at? Uh, with this guy Tim Green up in Grass Valley. Oh yeah, yeah. He's from uh, what band was he in? He was in the Fucking Champs. Yeah, okay, yeah. of course, yes. And then we just played with uh, Feral Ohms and their oh, yeah. bass players, uh, Phil Manley. Oh, okay, who was in that band? Oh, nice. Yeah, dude. Yeah, fuck exactly. yeah. 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 Uh, Ty Siegel recommended Tim. Yeah. And I was like, I started emailing him, and he loved The Simpsons. So I was like, guys, we should probably do this. <laughs> This guy's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> and he turned out to be amazing. Yeah. And to, I mean, destination recording where we were just there and we were, yeah. that's all we were doing for eight days. We were just totally. in it. It was the best. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, we've done that once too. And it, it's, it's, it's interesting thing to, it, I think it's a good thing. And I think there's pluses and minus of it in, in the sense of, uh, uh, you can start to drive each other crazy, but yeah, but it's <laughs> nice to be able to all be able to focus on something at the same time and totally. not have any distractions or have to go home or did you guys just stay there while you were recording yeah. totally yeah because yeah. it's like two hours north of san francisco right but the way his setup is like the, he's got the whole bottom floor of his house for bands and right we had a little kitchen and awesome. we'd make food and there's a weird hippie town that we could go into what was that what were like the hours like uh i think we did mostly like 12 to 10 yeah usually it was pretty mellow yeah yeah Cool. Wouldn't push ourselves too hard, but he was always my favorite. Like uh, engineers, I guess you'd call them. They're just like the same mood the entire time you're recording. Like there's never a moment where they're just like fuck, yeah, God, like, <laughs> just, which is me all the time towards the end. You yeah, know? 
but uh i could never do it I, I would, that, that I would be me i would be oh, that's why i was going back to the travis picking like i i've been trying to learn how to do that myself and it's just like i it's it's i don't know if i have the patience for it yeah you know? it's ugh, guitar is so weird any any like new thing that you're trying to do with your body and like you, you're telling your body to do this thing and it won't do it yeah it's so frustrating it's too it's so <laughs> mental you know at the same time though like the minute i think about it i fuck up yeah like it's it becomes i guess, I guess it's a very much mu- muscle memory type kind of thing. right right you gotta do it like for i guess it's the opposite of mental maybe that's the problem maybe that's what i was maybe i'm thinking about it too go much. out of your mind well that's what i'm wondering yeah <laughs> like if if i'm like stoned and i'm like trying to learn travis pick oh yeah maybe, there you go i gotta try that yes what have you thought about like have you thought about ways to make money like as far as like licensing songs or like trying to write for film or do that sort totally of stuff. i would love to get my foot in the door doing yeah. that somehow i think that's you amazing and, you and everyone else yeah exactly exactly but yeah i mean as a musician the only way to make money these days really is to tour i mean i never even thought about it until la you know until i moved yeah. here you know like when i lived in seattle would no one ever said like oh we're gonna put your song in a thing right you know, now. yeah 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 i got one movie thing um and it was for this movie, the uh, the tribes of Palos Verdes. Oh yeah. yeah, this is the surfing thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw the who directed that. It's like the brothers, right? They're like uh, they're it's a brother team. I think it's a brother. They team. do a lot of surf videos. Yeah, I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the movie? I didn't see the movie. Okay. I got to see it, but I didn't make it to the soundtrack. So oh okay, whatever. but but it's but it's in the film though. <laughs> yeah, but you're saying the only way to make money is on tour. Yeah, so like. It was interesting. We were talking about this last night. My friend was asking me, like, you know, how does how does Ian Mackay and Fugazi like survive or whatever? Well, yeah. And I think that they maybe were like one of the last. They were like the way that they did it. I don't think is possible anymore. Oh, look at the dog's asleep. Oh, um, <laughs> he's not so grouchy now. Okay, uh, one of the ways to uh, the way that they did it, and I think it's impossible now, is because they sold so many CDs. Totally. And they like put them all out themselves. Yes. And owned all of them. So like say they sold a CD for 10 bucks and then it cost a dollar to make then they made $9 versus, right. you know, yeah. record label. Yeah. And they were like the last gasp of the like Tower Records. Like totally. We're going to the, I need my new seat. C- the CD just came out today. Let's go get it. And we lived in, <laughs> we lived in a small town, but everybody that I knew had like the Minor Threat discography and they had the Fugazi records and they had no effects and all these bands, you yeah, know? Yeah. And, and I just like, I don't know if that's even possible anymore. I don't think it is. I think it's like reserved for this very, uh, uh, top shelf music industry people like you know like Beyonce and Lady Gaga like I think right. they'll, they'll get have great and they don't sales. even worry about really like record sales they're just it's just digital like oh, yeah. streaming for them or radio or whatever oh yeah radio and then too, yeah. and then and maybe not album sales but just like concerts and 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 like deals with like sponsorships and totally. advertising and you know that's a whole yeah whole crazy nother, whole other game know? I just read that uh, for for uh, Coachella Beyonce got paid thirty million dollars yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but they they broke it down and it was like over four thousand dollars a second <laughs> right <laughs> but see like that's just like 
it's just like everything else now where it's like it's just ridiculous at that right. point you know totally so like what what are what are we supposed to do you know you can <sighs> you can be as good as you want to be right or as good as you possibly can be but like still there's like there's a there's a cap on it you know absolutely yeah i, th- I think it just takes persistence like sticking around and and continuing the like weird uh tag them along with like you know content kind of thing and mm-hmm. to me that that seems like the only way and and just being like a a presence in the in the scene or or on tour or whatever like it just takes like a i don't know persistence <laughs> well you do you like sell do you sell stuff on like Bandcamp? No. You don't do it. I think the record's up uh on the new record is up on Bandcamp right now though, but the it, But you don't it, ever like get orders and just like go to the post office and stuff. No, I think yeah, w- yeah Woods just s- sends everything out, right. yeah. Cuz I do that all the time. Oh shit. Yeah, and nice. it but it's different though. I think it's like it's kind of it's uh, I, I'm curious because it's like you know, we have the like kind of this like metal scene. So it's like people buy like tons of t-shirts from us all the time yeah merch is big in the middle in the middle scene yeah but then like for you though like you're not going to sell a ton of t-shirts that just say shannon lay on them right i mean you have you have some right like do you bring them on tour none of my merch has my name on it (laughs) it's just it's it's a cool shirt it's just a cool shirt yeah (laughs) it's difficult to do a shirt when it's your name yeah you know like It's, th- it's fine to do a record, but a shirt, it's just like, it's weird. I've thought of doing ones that say, uh, Shannon Lay made me cry. Yeah. Because <laughs> I get that a lot. <laughs> I mean, you could do something like that that's like a play on your name or whatever. Or right. just like a something to make it a little bit more interesting. But yeah, just putting your name on, I always want, like, it's like, am I, am I going to wear a shirt that says Ty Siegel on it? You right. Know, like, I mean, I know people do. Yeah. But not even just him. I just mean like, am I going to just wear, I guess it's like Waylon Jennings is like the <laughs> point or something like that or Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, like, yeah. If it's yeah. a country guy, I guess, you know, but like, if it's just like... Lou Reed, I'd wear a Lou Reed shirt. Yeah, I guess you could wear a Lou Reed I guess it takes, maybe it's time. It takes time. It takes time. For you to be able to wear a shirt that's a band. You, you transcend your name. name. Like, yeah. in, in my opinion, like, Ty is transcending Yeah, that's what I'm name. saying. Like, I often wear my Ty shirt. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like he's like, he's at the level where he can sell a shirt that says his name on it. Yeah. Because it's been around long enough. Totally. So then it's it's not weird. So maybe you just need to sell them now and then people can wear them later. I don't that's know. true. Yeah. Collect them all. But then, but then the thing that you have going for you, too, is that you don't have to split the money with anyone else in the band. Yeah. Not making this all about money. I'm just talking about surviving. No, surviving, yes. And like what you're saying is like you're trying to become a full-time musician. Yes. And live off of that as opposed to the stresses of like having to run here for a job. And, and getting like, yeah. things covered. Yeah, totally. It's, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely came down. Like I didn't feel comfortable quitting my job until I got my first big tour, which was with Kevin Morby mm-hmm. back in September. Right. Um, just because I, I knew I had to pay my rent. You know, you have to be realistic about stuff. But that was the moment where I, I saw the net, so I jumped. You know, I was like... Because right. they, they always say, like, leap and the net will appear. And, like, for me, there, there was this, like, very tumultuous two months where I was, like, very unhappy. And then this happened, and I was like, oh, let's do this. Let's, mm-hmm. like, fully get into this. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think more than anything, it just takes changing your, uh, like, perspective on money. Like, I, I started to just really... Like it's so hippie, but uh, like ask the universe for stability. Like I just want to be stable and mm-hmm. like be able to maintain this. And instead of being like, I need money, I need paper money, you know, because it comes and goes. It yeah. al- it's always going to come and go. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think 
I don't know. Once once you start doing what you really love and you put a lot of energy into that, it's it's bound to do something, no matter what it is. Like, yeah. it's I don't know. What yeah. about what about meditation? You know, I've never been a good meditator. Right. I've always I've always been a bad meditator. But for me, I think it's different. Like, I'll watch like six hours straight of the Great British Baking Show, mm-hmm. and that's like <laughs> I don't know. For me, I mean, that's, you're really high though. It's, right? No, but it's very healing. Like <laughs> yes. just to like shut down. I, I'm I the same way with cooking shows. Like I'll watch <laughs> cooking shows to like relax my body. You just you know? turn it off. You're yeah. like, wow, look at that tart. Mm-hmm. That's a nice yeah. tart. Well, you know, because <laughs> Jess is always like thinks it's funny because I'll watch like. Uh, uh, like I work in restaurants cooking, you know? Yeah. So then I'll go home and I'll watch like these cooking oh, shows yeah. and it's like chopped or something like that. And she's like, or like some, Dude. and she's just like, but like, doesn't this stress you out? Cause you're just like watching the, everyone else freaking out in the kitchen. And I'm just like, I, it relaxes me to see other people being frustrated. You're chilling. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I just relate to what they're going through and then it relaxes me. That's good. You know? Yeah. So that's how I feel. <laughs> but um, I started meditating though, like over, the, well, I mean, I've always been meditating like weekly, mm. but lately it's trying, it's like a focus of trying to do it every day. Oh, nice. You know, and that's try to awesome. get into a pattern of it. Yeah. And I find if I do it every day, it's like the days that I don't do it. I notice that uh, I don't, I'm a little edgier or I don't feel as calm or I don't feel as clear headed, you know? Yeah. I think that's really awesome. It's, I think it can be so like mind shattering how something so simple can be so effective. Yeah. And the, the, just the idea of like stepping out of your mind for a minute has always intrigued me and has, has helped me survive as like an angsty teenager and then beyond it's like you're not you're not your mind you know i think that i think that also i found that not always but through doing it consistently um and getting better at it that um sometimes you're able to go to another place whoa like not asleep but just like leave the leave your mind and go to another place and then when you come back it's like whoa i totally wasn't asleep but like I was totally gone for a certain amount of time. Wow. You know? so do, you, do you like recall where you went? Uh, yeah, I can recall where I was thinking, what I was thinking about at the time or what I wasn't thinking about or, you know, right. um, it's just, it's more, it's just more of a, like a sense of being very relaxed, you know, as right. opposed to like thinking about what happened. You maybe, know? A, maybe a dimensional kind of shift yeah, where sort you, of, you, you're not so earthly. You're like, you know, when you're stoned and you're like, can like really focus on something and then all of a sudden you break that focus yeah and you go back to something else you know it's like that it's kind of like you can stay in that place for a long time and then and then you feel the like you feel the physical break wow you know yeah i get that when i drive sometimes like on really long drives (laughs) your mind just like turns off and you realize like whoa i haven't been thinking about anything for like three hours like i've just been like Do you find like that that when you're driving that that's like when you start to think of lyrics or think of melodies or yeah I drive around in silence a lot of the time because mm-hmm. yeah I don't ever listen to music when I drive yeah me neither if I'm with other people I will but yeah, yeah. totally yeah I think it's a very helpful thing and I noticed when I uh, when I used to have a job every time I'd be on my way to the job I'd like have all these moments of inspiration I'd be like fuck why do I gotta go do this stupid shit like oh, I gotta go home I gotta write this down <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think you know you always should leave it's a good moment to leave the channels open because mm-hmm. it's 
I've I've definitely had so many moments where I just like pull over and like get the voice memo out like oh. Do you like driving? I do. Yeah, I love, I love driving. Yeah. I think I think yeah, I feel like Washington's kind of the same where it, a car is really helpful. Yeah. And it's it's a very ama- amazing freedom. We just drove from Tijuana to Mexicali. Oh. And then we drove from here to Tucson and back. Whoa. And just that like weird southwest kind of uh it's just like it's so like less busy than it is here yeah and you can there's no traffic and it's just like you're in you're in the desert you know or you're in nature or whatever and you're seeing these kind of like rock formations in the in the sky the sunset's really interesting oh my god such a planet yeah yeah (laughs) yeah like the drive from tijuana to mexicali there is this there is a section where it's just very mars yeah you know it's crazy yeah those big rocks the big rocks you've done that before Yeah, yeah 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 did you play in Mexicali or no you know I've never been to Mexico it's my goal by the end of the year oh but to, how do you know about the big rocks there. then well I I just picture the the big rocks that I have seen in my travels <laughs> okay. in the yeah. in the south I just didn't know they were there that's all I'm saying oh, okay. it's like yeah, yeah. I didn't realize going from Tijuana to Mex- uh, to Mexicali that there is this crazy rock formation area that you have to drive oh. through I didn't know it was there because oh, I'd shit. never done it before wow so it's pretty amazing um, it's kind of like going up to like uh, Utah and that area where they have the Zion or whatever oh know? yeah 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 so it's, it's not like arches or whatever but it's just like big like giant boulders where it's like you could tell like you know that it used to all be underwater and that's why it's so fucking weird totally you know? yeah. dude that's such a trip I love that stuff <laughs> I love it yeah <laughs> Um, well, I, I know you got to get out of here. I think, I think we're pretty, um, what's, what's, what, what's going on next though for like, Oh, uh, I'm gonna... <laughs> oh, you know what I, before we do that, oh, yeah, what? I wanted to ask you about what, what's, what's the Simpsons thing? Like, okay. What... By the way, I have a little more time cause oh, I've... you do. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk some more? Yeah. I, okay. I, 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 I want to talk to you. I just didn't know if you had to go. I don't have to be there till three. Now. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to know about the Simpsons thing, though. Like, oh, yeah. Where did that come from, the fascination with that? That came from my good friend, Michael Myers, as well. Oh, yeah. He really showed me, like, the 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 way of the simps, mm-hmm. and I never went back. I yeah. mean, it, I think it's just a show that, like, resonated with me in, in so many ways, as I, I'm sure it has with everybody. It's an interesting show because it's uh, when we were in... I don't know if you get this when you're in Europe, but people ask you, like, what's your favorite TV show? Whoa, no. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, though. Just, like, relate. How can we relate? (laughs) People, like, in an interview, like, someone would say, like, what's your favorite TV show? And I would say, sometimes we would say Seinfeld or something. Oh, yeah. And then no one knows Seinfeld over there. Really? Like, I don't think it translates, you know? Yeah, I guess not. It really is a show about nothing over there. Yeah, and yeah. I think that the weird, the sort of like anxieties of like the characters and stuff don't really make sense. Are they not as funny to people outside of the the U.S. or whatever? It's like They'd a, probably get really practical about it. They'd just be like, why doesn't he just tell the truth? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like in Germany. But uh, And so like it basically became... The Simpsons became the de facto answer because everyone loves The Simpsons. Everyone and, knows they love it. Yeah. yeah. And then instead of this real awkward thing of like going like, you don't know what the fuck Seinfeld is. <laughs> <laughs> Are you crazy? Yeah. Oh, they're missing out though. It's good. But but The Simpsons is like a universal yeah. sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. There's, I think there's something for everybody in there. Did you start smoking weed or watch The Simpsons first? Mm, I think watch The Simpsons first. Yeah. And then the weed came after, and then the the deep appreciation came with the weed. You know, I will <laughs> say that my one of my I didn't. This is so funny because I didn't realize the weed thing, but uh, I should have. 
Um, but I was going to tell you that my favorite Simpsons episode is the medical marijuana one. Oh my God. That one's great. When he's like, he goes to Dr. Hibbard and he's like, uh, he's like, do you want the, what do you want the wizard of the skull? <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite, my favorite line in that episode is when he's like, he's like just got stoned and he's talking to Marge and then he walks away and you just hear, we have a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that part where he's asked, when he's asking which which prescription bong do you want? Oh the, my god! The Wizard of the Skull. Um, <laughs> and also, um, I love that Donovan song too, and that whole scene. Oh yeah! I think this is. I think that when I first saw that episode, I was, I, I was. See, I had gotten in trouble on a on a field trip in high school for smoking weed. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I got suspended from school. Damn. Yeah. Oh and I got I kicked off of like the sports team. What was the field trip? Do you remember? <sighs> what the fuck was it? It was like, oh, it was like, uh, God damn it. It was like one of these like community service field trips where it was like I was part of this group oh, okay. of people that not a Christian thing, but like uh, uh, we were like a group of kids that other kids were... <laughs> Other kids were like able to talk to us about their problems. And okay, stuff, so but... maybe not the best field trip to be stoned on. No, no. Because no. if you would have said aquarium, I would have said they they should all be hanged. Oh yeah, you should have yeah. been stoned. Fuck, no, <laughs> we didn't. We weren't anywhere near any aquariums. This okay, was, this so was... you, so you got kicked off the team too. Yeah, because they had some rule that it was like if you got busted during the season or something, then you weren't allowed to be on the team or something like that. Oh my god! And my girlfriend at the time got in trouble, and like it was just like a really and it kind of like like kind of put a uh, a bummer for me on like smoking weed and stuff because it just like i got in trouble like re- i was really high when all this yeah <laughs> oh my god but oh. i remember seeing that simpsons episode and it was like very calming to me uh in the sense of i was like yeah this is what it's like supposed to be like to yeah. like, smoke weed like when when he like gets in his car and the donovan song's playing and then uh, totally and he's like flying to work and yeah. all the rainbows are everywhere and he's like <laughs> shaving and the rainbows are coming out of his face the blood yeah oh my god one of my favorite reoccurring weed simpsons jokes is when like they smell the air and it's like oh it smells like the art teacher's office or like it smells like otto's jacket jacket, (laughs) you look like uh you would be what's the what's the what's the bad uh skateboarder bullies kid oh jimbo jimbo you look like you you would be friends with those guys dude definitely (laughs) if there there was like a girl that was like with them (laughs) I feel like that would you would fit in with those guys. There was kind of a girl. Except where you're nice though, but yeah, I wouldn't be mean. I'd be there being like, "What are you guys doing?" Yeah, let's go get a burger. Yeah, <laughs> like the episode where um, Bart falls in love with his babysitter. Yeah, Laura. <laughs> That's what I was gonna bring up. That was amazing. Oh, and man. then Jimbo comes over and like he's like he's like keeps trying to take his clothes yeah. off. Now my pants are changing. <laughs> People are listening to this right now just going like, dude, they're just fucking talking about Simpsons <laughs> Somebody out there is enjoying this. I know. Someone's just much. like, oh, I know that one too. <laughs> okay. So like, what about this whole thing with Apu though? Oh yeah. Controversy. And yeah. PC police. I get it. I yeah. don't know. It's, I doesn't. Yeah. I think everyone on that show is an exaggeration of themselves. Yeah. So it's hard to, for me to be mad about it, but I'm also 
not an Indian person. So it's hard for me to like feel that sting, you know? It's interesting, you know, it's like I I start to think, I start to like read stuff about it and I'm going to, and I'm like, oh, come on, like, what the fuck? It's just like, everyone's like making fun of everybody, you know? And then someone's like, oh, but I was like made fun of specifically for that character. Right. So then it's like, you you have to see like both sides in these situations. Yeah. It's just like, it's such a crazy, it's just a weird time that we live in that everything's like so like broken down right you know in ways that we never even thought of it totally i loved apu yeah i I gotta watch the documentary though yeah i gotta watch the documentary too we gotta watch it well what do you think what's next what's next i don't know well uh i have a tour coming up with ezra Furman. yes uh the first show is in seattle on may 6th do you fly up for that no I'm, i'm gonna drive you drive up and then you drive down yeah yeah so that's like two days yeah yeah and this is with your buddy. Yeah, Ezra Furman. I've well, actually... No, no, no. But the, oh, with Sarah. Yeah, 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 Sarah. Yeah. Sarah Greenwell. Yeah. She rules. Yeah. Um, so you guys are just going to like chill on the way up. Yeah, she's actually meeting me in Seattle. Oh, okay. So I'm going to have like one solitary jaunt. Right. And I'll stay with someone in Oregon and then finish the drive. And, nice. Yeah, it'll be chill. And then what What does she do during the shows? Does she sell the Shannon Lay t-shirts? Yeah, she's going she's gonna to hog my merch, and uh, she's going to play a little guitar. Oh, cool. Sing a bit. And Lena played with... You, you have Lena play with... You don't normally have a... You don't have, like, other musicians on stage with you generally, but every once in a while, you like, Lena from Feels plays with you. And, yeah, you totally. Know, yeah, yeah I, I love when she plays violin, and I'm trying to get a, a little more of a crew going, because, you know, as, as my guarantees get better, I'd love to have more people involved, because I do like to pay people, because... It's sure. Hard, it's hard work. But um, I think June 4th, I'm doing a show at Zebulon for William Tyler's residency. Oh, cool. I like him a lot. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to have a drummer for that. Cool. So that'll be cool. Wait, I was going to ask you, are you, do you play acoustic live or is it electric? I usually play electric, yeah. but I recently found my acoustic soulmate. What is it? It's a Guild M120. From the 70s? No, it's newer. Okay. It's a newer one, but it's really nice, and it's like this mahogany, small-bodied, like full-scale. I always like those guilds. Like the, the, I feel like they're kind of like an underrated guitar. Yeah, you know, yeah, especially the acoustics. Totally. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it, and it's got a great pickup in it. I'm stoked. So I'm, I'm gonna start playing that live, but I, I haven't in the past just because of uh, stereotypes. Honestly, it's <laughs> stereotypes. <laughs> like the, the girl with an acoustic guitar. I just oh. like, don't want to be pigeonholed immediately. So you would always play an electric guitar. Yeah. Like a jazz master or something like that. Yeah, right? I started with a jazz master, and then I got a, a Tele Deluxe, right. which I fell in love with. Yeah. So I've been playing that lately. Um, and then when you, and then are you running it through like any effects or anything like that? Cause I was listening to some of the, some of the new record and it's kind of has this like weird, almost like distorted finger picking sort of thing. Yeah. I think that comes from using a small amp uh-huh. and then, um, I have like a delay that I use sometimes and a, a nice slab of reverb mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I like the acoustic for the reason that it's cleaner and yeah. the more of the notes come through, I think. Right. Yeah. So I'll probably do on this tour the, the like switch off bit where I pick, go back and forth between the two. Right. Depending so, on the song. or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Because the electric is really impactful live. It's like easy to easier to get people's attention, especially if you're opening for like a full band. Well, and you can kind of dynamically like kind of like pound on the electric a little bit more, and yeah. it won't sound 
fucked up. Like if you like really bang on an acoustic, sometimes it doesn't really yeah. work. It just gets totally. Annoyed. But for delicate stuff, yeah. it's the best. Right. Oh my god. Right. Like I love to record with acoustic. It, I think it always sounds better. Well, a lot of those like you know a lot of those like Rolling Stones records, and I think a lot of like Neil Young stuff was oh, like yeah. was like an acoustic guitar kind of like pushed through like a like a kind of a overdriven small amp totally yeah you know? and that's such a cool sound yeah even if it's like not the main uh the main instrument you're hearing but if it's in the background like a little like a slightly overdriven acoustic like texture yeah perfect texture. Yeah, yeah. it really like kind of like adds something magical to i think that one of one of the reasons why those those records sound so cool is like those people those guys were first off amazing but also like they had time to like do stuff like that and then they had like knowledgeable people in the studio with them that were like you know you know i feel like these days everyone's everyone gets so rushed when you're in the studio you know oh my god it used to be such an event yeah there was like a producer yeah and there was this guy in the corner with just with sunglasses on he wasn't even doing anything (laughs) like it was and like you know there's ladies coming in like it it was like this it was so cool yeah and you had like the wrecking crew or whatever like just banging it out well yeah yeah, that was the other yeah you just had fucking studio musician guys that were there just that was their job right just make you sound good Yeah. yeah oh my god do you listen to that um cocaine and rhinestones podcast do you no. listen do you listen to podcasts when you're driving i do okay. uh, all, all of them are about murder though <laughs> oh you're one of those that's what shannon shaw is like that too that's all she fucking talks about is the murder ones yeah. i love the murder yeah okay i like those murder ones too but i, I my jess doesn't like them so we don't i don't listen to them with her i, oh, right I have on, to yeah. listen to them all by myself if if she comes in the room and i'm watching like dateline or something she's just like turn it off like, <laughs> I understand. Life is hard enough. You know? Yeah, exactly. She's like, it's so sad. These are real people's lives. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. They are. Um, but Cocaine and Rhinestones is the, it's like the history of country music. Oh, cool. Um, broken down by like albums and stuff. And they talk about, um, you know, a lot of these like session guys, you know, oh. specifically. And it's really, it's just really interesting to hear about the, 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 the process in the studio and how how these sounds kind of developed, you know? Wow. I'm totally going to listen to that. Yeah. You got to listen to it. Yeah. He's David Allen Coe's son is the guy. Oh, nice. I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm like interjecting it in every episode just to like get more people to listen to it. Cause it's like insane. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. What about, have you seen, okay. I'm going to ask you this. Have you seen, uh, tales from the tour bus? No, it's a, it's the, it's like another country music short documentary animated by Mike judge though. Oh my God. Amazing. You would love it. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah, it's right up your alley. <laughs> yes. It's sort of Beavis and Butthead meets behind the music. Oh like, my God. I love it. Yeah. I, I had a, a Beavis and Butthead VHS that my tape player like ripped the tape mm-hmm. and I like sat there and like taped it back <laughs> together. Cause I was like, don't die on me. Maybe I need you. <laughs> Sometimes I love we, Mike Judge. Sometimes you need uh, Beefs and Buttheads very meditative for me. Too, yeah. Because that's a total turn your fucking brain off. The music too is so specific. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. I think we're good. Hell yeah. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Fuck yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.